Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Betsy, it is so hot. How hot is it, Kate? Let me tell you, it is hotter than Satan's house, cat. It is hotter than new asphalt in August. It is hotter than a jalapeno's armpit. You know how hot it is? It is hotter than a dancing bobcat. Woo, it's hot. Are you you done? (laughs) Yeah. You got that out of your system? Yeah. You feeling better now? A little bit. Yeah. You know why it's hot? Why? Because your air conditioner is off while we're recording because this small room of... We just can't have it on. You and me and my dog just sweating it out. Yeah. What do you think about that, dog? Dog says it's okay. The dog says it's okay, and he's wearing a fur coat. It's okay with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kate. Well, that was a hot opening. Thanks. Was, yeah. I hope those those were the, uh, the appropriate ones I could say on a children's podcast. I, I like how you, like, edited them down. Yeah, like, a, lot yeah. Of them, uh, a lot of them not so appropriate. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. And uh, speaking of which, who are you? Oh, I am Kate, the appropriate one. And I'm Betsy, the also appropriate one. <laughs> Sorry, I really had nowhere to go from. I mean, you could have been the inappropriate one, but then... I could, but then I'd have to leave the podcast, and yeah. that would just be a solo then show. Then it would just you. be me talking about how hot it is. Exactly. Woo, <laughs> That's our spinoff podcast. Kate talks about the weather. <laughs> no, what do we what do we do on this podcast though? We talk about how hot it is and and how pick no, <laughs> not, not the word I was going for. Oh. And picture books, Kate, and picture books. Oh right, we're talking about picture books. We talk and, about how hot picture books are and how cold they are. Nope, not even. Well, sometimes kind of. actually, come yeah, yeah, kind of in a way. How good, how hot, how uppity up up, how. Much you want is, this, is this the slang him? that the kids are using these days? Yeah, yeah, for shizzle. Oh boy, that is a good 10 years old at least. Yeah. Maybe 20. I was the bomb. Oh boy. <laughs> Moving on, we talk about picture books, determine if they're classics or not, and then we move on from there. Yeah. And you had, request, you had a request last time, as I recall. You wanted uh, a bad picture book. I wanted a crappity crap crap. All right, so I had to rack my brain and... Strangely enough, it did not take long for the brain to be fully wrecked. Um, that sounded horrible. Yeah, it did. Boy, anyway. That's why you're the inappropriate one. (laughs) Apparently. Now I've got a new role in life. Huzzah! Um, so I found a book. A book that is, and I kid you not, the best-selling picture book of all time We already did Love You Forever. No, no. No, this is sold out. Oh, this is far outsold. Love You Forever. It has outsold The Very Hungry Caterpillar. It has outsold Where the Wild Things Are. And yet, no one knows a darn thing about the author. Fascinating, is it not? Now, I couldn't find a copy of it just by itself in my library, but it was in a compendium of many books, which I'm going to pull out of my bag right now. The Pokey Little Puppy! Yes, by... Jeanette Sebring Lowry. We all remember the great works of Jeanette Sebring Lowry. <laughs> Yeah. Cricket, 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 cricket. Dude, cricket. she did that one book. Yeah. Oh, it like tore my heartstrings. She totally did. Yeah. Yep. And we all read it and remembered it. <laughs> yeah. No, this is clearly her best notebook. So, The Pokey Little Puppy. 
best-selling. You told me. I remember you told me it was because it was a the gold book that they would sell. Ah, at little, well, if you'll see, this is in the family treasury of little golden books. Now, could I find you a little golden book with the gold on the spine of the puppy little puppy, the pokey little puppy? I could not, but I found you this, and it has all the art. It's just sort of randomly scattered. In a strange amalgamation. In like a collage story. Kind of, of a collage story. <laughs> so you're going to have super amounts of fun trying to read this. Oh, jeez. Go ahead. Read it. Take in the brilliance that must be there. Otherwise, why wouldn't it be, you know, the top seller of all time? Okay. Fun for you. While Kate does her read, uh, let's talk about the writer. It is rare to encounter an author of a famous children's book who lived in almost complete obscurity for all her live-long days. No self-promoter, Janet Sebring Lowry. Even professional news articles about her can only repeat what they'll you'll pretty much find on the book's publication page. Mainly that, and here I'll quote, Janet Sebring Lowry, 1892 to 1986, a Texan, wrote mostly teen fiction during the 1940s and 1950s. Her young adult novel, Margaret, was adapted into a TV serial, Walt Disney Presents Annette, which aired on the Mickey Mouse Club in 1958, starring Annette Funicello. But Lowry is best known, such as it is, as the author of The Pokey Little Puppy, which was one of the original 12 Little Golden Books that launched in 1942. Went on to become an icon and the best-selling picture book of all time. And that's all she wrote, literally, folks. Back we are. Yes. We are back. Yeah. You have read a book. I did. About a... Puppy. Puppy. The pokey little puppy. Yes, that is the correct voice to read that book in. Yeah. Yes. How, uh, how, how'd that go there, huh? Well, let me tell you. Okay. So, uh, the way that this is illustrated, it's, it's tough because it's all kind of like crammed onto a page and then you got yeah. in between the words and stuff. True. But like... You have it where it says the pokey little puppy, and you got these five little puppies around the title, and mm -hmm. then to the right, there's this uh, illustration of a caterpillar. Yes. And I was, the caterpillar is the size of the puppies, <laughs> and so I was really hoping that the caterpillar was like a hungry, hungry caterpillar. Oh, or maybe it thinks it's a puppy. I was I just wanted the caterpillar to eat all the puppies. Yes. That would be a very interesting book. <laughs> and the then, pokey little puppy who couldn't get away from the hungry, hungry caterpillar. Right. I, I would read that book. Yeah, I. That's that was my take, but apparently that's Don't not. Don't be pokey, kids. Or caterpillar will eat you. Okay, so it starts off with these five puppies mm. that uh, crawl under a fence, and then they go up a hill and over a bridge, and then uh, they get to the very top of this hill where there's just four puppies, mm. and they're like, "Where's the Where's the fifth puppy?" Yeah. So they find the fifth dog who says, "I smell something." And then all the other dogs smell, and they go, oh, rice pudding. Have you ever had rice pudding? Yeah, I like rice pudding. Does it smell like something? Not really. <laughs> it maybe sugar. Not, yeah. I've been in, like, you know, in New York, they've actually got a rice pudding, kind of like an ice cream shop, but it's all rice pudding. You can take, like, little samples. Uh -huh. It doesn't have a smell. So what are if they smelling? If you're cooking it, 
I mean, it's a sugar, right? But how would you know it is was it rice just, pudding? Is it just I, I don't even know. Something yeah. sweet, it's I just guess. something sweet, I guess. So the four puppies are like, oh, it's rice pudding. And they all run back home where their mother is waiting and is very displeased. Ooh. And she says, you're the puppies who dig holes under fences. No rice pudding tonight. Why'd she make it then? Well, because apparently she thought that they weren't the puppies that were making holes under her fence. Uh, well, at what point in this process did she see the hole, think to herself, I'm going to teach them a lesson, I'm going to make some rice pudding yes. and just deny them? Yes. That's incredibly cruel. Oh, yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. Well. I wonder if their moms would actually do that. Be like, oh, I've discovered a thing my kid's doing wrong. Let me make him a chocolate cake and then deny it to but him. But here's what I don't get. She knows she has five kids. Why is she not worried about where her fifth one is? Well, she's already denied them this. Yeah, that's true. She can't really, like, drill home the message to the... Maybe she's just figuring in the morning she'll just tell the fifth one. By the way, you totally could have had some rice pudding, but you can't. But if your child is missing... Yeah, there's a dog. What? It's a dog. Dogs find their way back, right? If it's... it's you're, you're a mom and this is no, a I puppy. No, I know, no, I know. I, I agree. Like, you should be concerned about where your kid no, is. No, she's far more concerned about that hole they just dug. Apparently. Yeah. So, right. So, the fifth puppy uh, waits till everyone has fallen asleep. Then he comes home, eats the rice pudding that was left over, and goes into bed happy as a lark. Right. The, and the others have been denied the rice pudding because they were... They were all <laughs> sent to bed without any dessert. Except, and he just sneaks in at night, eats the rice pudding. And then goes to bed. And goes to bed. That's... Yeah. I hate to say that's kind of smart. And the next morning, there's now a sign that says, <laughs> don't ever dig holes under the fence. Well... It's kind of like Wiley Coyote was here. What if, the, what if the puppies don't know how to read? Oh, there's that. You probably don't know how to read. Mm. Probably don't know how to take direction very well. Mm. So what makes you think a sign is a good idea? Uh, this is, this good is bad parenting, mama. I, I just, don't care about where your kid is. I'm having a hard time you arguing with this. assume your kids can read when they can. Yep. All right. <laughs> so then, right. So again, the five puppies dig a hole under the fence. Have just learned like nothing. Nothing have and they, they learned. And they crawl, you know. What's on the other side of this fence? It's like so fascinating that they have the to keep going. The world, Betsy. Oh, I see. <laughs> the big wide so world. So these are puppies trapped in an enclosure. Yeah. And they want to break free. Desperate to get out. I want to break free. No? Nope. Queen? Nope. Come on. All nope. right. So they get to the top of this hill where, again, they don't see the fifth puppy. They found a brown hop toad. Pretty sure that's a frog because it's green and it looks like a frog, now, not a as toad. As I mentioned before, my personal knowledge of toads is not what it might be. There may well be a green toad out there. Or it could be they don't know the difference between a toad and a frog. Yes. I think it's very possible. That's my thinking. Yeah, I think that's But that's it even problem. says brown in the text and the illustration is green. Well, maybe the <laughs> illustrator couldn't read. <laughs> he was Swedish after all. Who knows? Yeah. I, just I guess he just liked making green. You're right. That's supposed to be brown hop toad. It's supposed and to be And he brown. made a green frog. Yeah. Because he didn't want to grow a toad. I mean, he didn't if feel like book, it that day. If the book Tuesday and the yeah. book uh, uh, Frog and Toad are friends, mm -hmm. if they taught me anything, yep. toads are brown. Yeah. Frogs are green. Well, it also said brown. It's so I'm going to back you up on this. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, so they look, oh, and they find the fifth puppy down at the bottom of the hill and they ask, what are you doing? And he says, I hear something. And they go, oh, chocolate custard. Okay, now wait a minute. They could hear. It's someone, I could believe that you smelled rice pudding. Well, it says someone is spooning it into our bowls. How did they know chocolate 
Well, maybe if there's such a smell is so strong that they can smell chocolate custard from like miles away. They're saying they're hearing it. And they hear it. They're hearing the glorp. Being it spooned into their bowls. I can't even do a glorp sound correctly. But yeah. (laughs) It was a nice try though. It was completely (laughs) valiant effort. It's not an effort at all. So then they all run back home. The mom is like, I'm disappointed. You crawled under the fence and now I'm going to send you straight to bed. Wait, seriously? She put that in their bowls? And then she's like, oh, also chocolate kills dogs, but never mind. But um, maybe maybe (laughs) that's not the thing, right? Maybe this is the long con. The fifth one, again, comes home when everyone else is sound asleep. He eats all the chocolate custard. Thereby killing himself. All right. (laughs) And then goes to bed happy as a lark. All right. Next morning, there's another There's a rule of theories going on here, I can tell. It says, don't ever, ever dig holes under this fence. See, there was a second ever there. Yeah, well, that that does it. That means she needs business now. But, But again, like, why didn't she care about her kid being missing again does she just think like this? Maybe this has always been happening. Maybe he's all he never goes to bed because he's always out doing something, and this is just the norm. Maybe she's forgotten she has a fifth puppy. So right, the ever ever is supposed to stop them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. They dig under the fence again. Same thing as before. They're all running over the fence, over the bridge, up the hill. They get to the top of the hill. They mm-hmm. can't find the fifth puppy. They find it at the bottom of the hill, and he sees something, and he sees a strawberry. At which point, they all go. All the other four puppies go, strawberry shortcake. Okay, how does finding a strawberry mean that they're going to get strawberry shortcake for dessert? Also, doesn't that mean that they haven't eaten for the last two days? Shouldn't they just be eating that strawberry now? They're just not getting dessert. Oh. Yeah. At some point in here, meals are taking place. Okay, yeah, so I'm they're getting up. breakfast and lunch sure. and dinner. They're just no not getting dessert. dessert. All right. Right. Yeah. I just so, don't understand how, like, finding a strawberry means that they're getting that Maybe the, he's so slow because he has a psychic connection to their mother, and they know that if he touches something, then it connects Magically to her in some Magically turns way. into he, dessert? I, apparently. I don't know. It, I just thought Could that was... Could be wishful thinking on their part. That was, a, that was a kind of a, a yeah, weak that's all, link that's all there. Weak. Weak bit of story. It's like finding a banana and being like, oh, we're having a banana split. Yes. No. No, you no. found a banana. Yeah. We're with you though for that far. Know. So, right. So, they all run home. Again, the mom is disappointed because she's an idiot. And then they go to bed again without mm. dessert. But this time, they wait till she's asleep. And then they go and they fill in the hole. Oh, burn! Meanwhile, the fifth puppy is like, hey, hey guys. <laughs> Hey guys, can, hey guys, can, 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 Hello? can you help me out here? Just, Hello? Can you just dig me a little path under <laughs> the fence? That'd be great. So no. they knew he was eating the desserts all the time. I don't know. Did they know? They must have because why else would they prevent him from coming home? Yeah, it's that yeah. was pretty sinister. Also, apparently this hole is like a you gotta have five puppies to make this hole work because <laughs> right. one cannot dig it up again. Well, he's so the fifth puppy squeezed in through a wide place in the fence. So what's the point of the fence? Seriously, like and who cares about the hole if you can get through it? Well, anyway? they do have huge heads that may have something to do with it. And he found because they filled the hole. Mom saw them fill the hole. She gives them dessert for filling the hole, but the fifth puppy only gets crumbs. And the mother says, dear me, what a pity you're so pokey. Now the strawberry shortcake is all gone. Oh, whoa. Is that like total... It's really... It's, it's, it's like, like, oh. What? That's too bad. Yeah. Man, that's awful. I guess you just have crumbs. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have been so pokey. So, back, back in the day, this was a 1942 oh, offering. Oh, wait, wait. I didn't end it. 
Oh, sorry, keep going. So the end is she puts up a sign that says no desserts ever unless puppies never dig holes under this fence again. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, ever me... unless never no desserts. Let's, let's parse this. Ever. Right. With you so far. Unless puppies never dig holes under this fence again. That's a terrible bit of writing. And that's the end. That's a poorly <laughs> written sentence. I mean, she's a dog. I'm gonna give her some credit there, but And again, she assumes that her dogs can read. Yeah. She assumes that this is going to do anything because the first two sides were no. so powerful. Incredibly, incredibly effective. Yeah. You know he's just waiting and then he's just going to dig under that fence again. Or squeeze through the, the so slat. Right. So Actually, right. she didn't say no squeezing, squeezing through slats. She just doesn't want her lawn screwed up. I guess that's the thing. So yeah, yeah. so the moral is don't be curious and you'll get dessert. Right. So wait, I want to know. I want to <laughs> expand on this a little bit. So Curious George and this book comes out in the 40s. Where kids were basically being told, don't be curious, kids. Yeah. Under any circumstances. Right. Just do what I tell you to do. Exactly. And we wondered why the 60s happened. Goodness <laughs> me. Ah. All right. Okay. A little background information. So as of 2001, which was exact, you know, a while ago, but even so, The Pokey Little Puppy was the single all-time best-selling hardcover children's book in the U.S., having sold nearly 15 million copies. Now, reportedly... The illustrator's wife, when they were coming up with the 25th anniversary, uh, said that her husband was not a sentimental man, but he enjoyed the distinction of having illustrated one of the few books in history to have given the Holy Bible a run for its money. Wow. That's like a brag. Yeah. I outsold Jesus with <laughs> a puppy. And it's all me, because it's clearly not the words. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, it was one of the very first... 12 original, very inexpensive, Little Golden Books. Uh, it has never been out of print. So these original 12 Golden Books, I actually have an image in here. See, I have this book on my lap, which is so hot and so heavy, <laughs> uh, called Golden Legacy. How Golden Books won children's hearts, changed publishing forever, and became an American icon along the way. It's by Leonard Marcus, as you might expect. And they have a picture of all the 12 books, most of which are just adaptations of fairy tales or nursery rhymes, um, with pretty much one exception, The Pokey Little Puppy. The Pokey Little Puppy, I did not intend for this to happen, but uh, this striking young woman uh, in this picture here is Ursula Nordstrom. Oh my Apparently, gosh. she discovered this author. Is she author. Gonna be mentioned in like every single I episode? I didn't think she had a connection remember, to this. You know she was we, Harper. Do you remember when we first started this podcast and you were like, I'm going to drop a quarter every time I name my old library. I think I might have to do an, what, like a, like a, what, a Nordstrom jar? Yeah. 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 Ursula, clink. There you go. Nordstrom. We made this I a literally didn't game. think every she time had anything Ursula to Nordstrom. do with this book. But apparently she discovered the author very intelligently was like, you're, you'd be great writing for teens. But then she had these picture books, and so she knew the woman who was acquiring for the golden books and was like, hey, you want this lady? And the woman just, like, churned out the pokey little puppy, uh, for which she got $75. So that was worth it. Uh, flat fees, man. Yeah. Nothing like them. Then they got a Swedish illustrator. He used to work for Disney, which is why the puppies, someone pointed out, look a lot like the Seven Dwarfs. They got those round... Roundy round mm. heads. Yeah, not a big fan of those illustrations, gotta tell you. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And apparently this guy was, like, super full of himself, too. He thought he was the bee's knees. 
And so when he started writing all these, like, children's books, who knew that he'd make one that would make so much money for its company? So in 2015, uh, Slate's Gabriel Roth wrote an article called Why So Pokey? The Scourge of Terrible Canonical Children's Books. <laughs> Which is rather good. So they're not a fan, I take it. But we gave that away. <laughs> um, and I feel like what they wrote is actually rather pertinent to our podcast, because a lot of what they write has something to do with um, what makes something a classic and why something kicks around. So I'm going to ask you to write read this last paragraph here. All right. All right. I should note that at the time of writing, the pokey little puppy has 322 five-star reviews on Amazon. If you read them, though, many turn out to say things like, I can still hear my grandmother's voice as she reads my favorite books aloud to me, and it's something I cherish now that she's passed away. That's how children's books can achieve a kind of escape velocity. Their sales are sustained in perpetuity, <laughs> thank you, mm -hmm. by nostalgia alone. Adult books don't work that way, and the books that remain in print for seven decades are the classics rather than the bestsellers. Millions of people enjoyed the pokey little puppy as children because it was cheap and because, being children, they had no standards. They grew up to be parents, remembered the book fondly from childhood, and purchased it for their own children. It's an intergenerational cycle of crap, and it's the reason the pokey little puppy and the little engine that could, ooh, ouch, burn, and God knows how many more terrible books have been in print for three quarters of a century. I know, right? Yikes. This person has been reading a lot of books that they don't enjoy apparently uh, yes and uh she even compares it at one point to she says it doesn't have the comedy of go dog go or the psychology uh, uh, that, that's it it's go. oh i'm sorry i'll have to re read that okay. it doesn't have the comedy of go dog go there you go which she misspelled by the way there's no period after dog or the psychology of where the wild things are, or the suspense of the cat in the hat which we have yet to do by the way yeah uh yeah it's, I, I, I feel for them. I understand where they're coming from. And uh, that brings us to our ratings time. Oh, man. Beautiful, beautiful ratings time. Well, I, you know, this might actually be, even though I, I really wanted to reserve this for something like crazy sexist and homophobic and I'm racist. I'm sorry, I meant to get you I, something sexist, but it, it just occurred to me that this was a good, strong candidate for badness. Yeah, and this is, the illustrations are bad, the story is bad, the writing is bad, and while it's not offensive, I'm gonna give it a 1.5. Wow! Because I really like the idea of the caterpillar eating the puppies. And you're disappointed that it didn't go in that direction? Yeah, really. I, I am going to have to put a picture of this image because I'm pretty sure it does not appear in the original book. <laughs> I really wanted it to happen. Into the could've show been a, notes. Could have been a really good book. It could have been a much more interesting book. Yeah. I will grant you that one. Someone needs to write that book. Yeah, you you write that book. The Hungry Caterpillar Meets the Pokey Little Puppy. I'm surprised it doesn't already exist, quite <laughs> frankly. Uh, yeah, I'm not as low as you. Uh, yeah, something crazy sexist would be, probably... You know, give, give you some good old-fashioned sexism just, or racism or something. I just don't have, have anything to really like about it. There's nothing to really like about it, except the rule of three. I like the rule of three. The puppies are round. <laughs> There's a wily coyote-type sign, which... Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how the mom... We never see the mom, right? Nope. No mom. So some invisible dog mom, yep. which for all we know is a human. Maybe. Because um, dogs don't know. 
uh, is writing science. I, I, I like this story more if I think of this as a human mom being like, well, the puppy's down at the fence. I'm going to write a sign right now and put it out for them. That'll show them. That'll show them. That makes the book funny to me. And so I'm going all the way up to a three. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little high. I am aware of that. Right, but, well, uh, it's my 1.5 and you're three. It's definitely not, not a classic. Not a classic. No. Wow. Shackety shack that's a, that's, that's a blow. I, I'm pretty sure anyone who hears this podcast is not going to be all that surprised by this reading. All right, letters time. Okay, so people got very excited about telling us what a Mickey was from Stevie. Remember in Stevie? Yeah. He, he, they had Mickeys and marshmallows in the park. Yep. Many people wrote in with answers to this. Okay. Um, let's see. Phil said, according to this website, a Mickey is a potato cooked in a bonfire. It's charred on the outside, but still light and fluffy on the inside. Uh, and this New York Times article, I'll put all the links up for people who can get them, describes them as a Depression-era recipe from Brooklyn. I love the detective work these old-timey books create for your audience. <laughs> That's sweet. Stephanie, the third sister, said, It reminds me of a scene in The Man Who Came to Dinner when Betty Davis is introduced to roasted sweet potatoes at an Ohio skating rink. Okay, so that's two votes for potatoes. And Oh My Lorelei says, Oh, I knew this! From A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, the same place I learned Potsy. Apparently, if we had read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, we would have known that they were potatoes as well. All right. So there you go. Fran Manushkin once again wrote in. She said, In my capacity as the old lady who once worked at Harper and Row, I can tell you I remember the day that John Steptoe came into the office with his portfolio. Wow. He showed it to Elizabeth Colchie, who saw prospective illustrators, and she quickly took John Steptoe into Ursula Nordstrom's office. I think I remember the excitement shared among the three of them. I knew it was a special day. Cool. That's cool. Thank you, Fran. One last thing. Jennifer says, and this goes back to where the wild things are, you, aren't prob you are probably already familiar with this Maurice Sendak quote, but just in case you weren't, when you were talking about how kooky he was, it reminded me of this. Quote, Once a little boy sent me a charming card with a little drawing on it. I loved it. I answer all my children's letters, sometimes very hastily, but this one I lingered over. I sent him a card, and I drew a picture of a wild thing on it. I wrote, Dear Jim, I loved your card. Then I got a letter back from his mother, and she said, Jim loved your card so much, he ate it. That, to me, was one of the highest compliments I've ever received. He didn't care it was an original Maury Sendak drawing or anything. He saw it, he loved it, and he, he ate it. That's that's my kind, my kind of boy. That's my kind of boy, too. All right. Grown-up things we like. So, uh, it's kind of a two-in-one. One, I saw Jennifer Lopez in concert because oh. she's on tour. Yeah, she is on tour. Because our penguinologist worked on her tour. That is correct, And yes. her residency in Vegas. Oh, I'm sorry, you mean our fire-roasted Mickey? <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, mm, my potato. Mm, your potato, <laughs> hot potato. <laughs> yeah, so he worked with her, I saw her show. It's very good. She's a heck of a performer. So if you get the chance to see her on tour, go check her out. But over 4th of July, uh, that kind of area when New York uh, lost all the electricity. Oh, yeah. when she was performing at Madison Square Garden. Entire concert went black, which Ooh. I thought was really cool. But also also over 4th of July weekend. Sorry. My dog is snoring. Also over 4th of July weekend, I binge-watched Stranger Things Season 3. Oh, I've been, I'm only on episode 2, so don't tell me anything. Okay, well, Did you my, like it? I did. I Good. liked it better than season two. Season oh. one is still, I think, the best. Yeah. Season three is much more gory, so... Really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I've, from the first two episodes, it, it was already pretty gory, so yeah. I'm sure it's so, just going to get better uh, from there. So for anyone who's like our mother who doesn't like children in peril, oh, yeah. probably don't want to check it out, but for everyone else who really wants to be immersed in the story and the characters... And the 80s. 
Oh my gosh, it's so, so 80s. Zoe's the mall, man, the mall. Yeah. That's actually uh, my husband's mall when he was a kid. He oh. went to that mall because it's shot in Atlanta. So Yeah, I mean, it's, they, there are so many 80s references that, oh, it's so good. It's so beautiful. check it out. Season three is out on Netflix. Yay. Kate, how much do I like sports? Uh, not at all. Correct. And yet, mine is sports related this week. You know okay. me well. So uh, I, get my, I got my little local free newspaper in my town, the Evanston Roundtable. I open it up. There's a huge article about one of the wrestlers at the high school, because we only have one. And the high school wrestler, this is an amazing story. It kind of blew me away. This kid, he's a Syrian refugee, right? All he loves is soccer. Soccer, 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 soccer. Comes to Evanston, goes to that high school, and somehow somebody's like, you should be a wrestler. So he tries it out. He wins all his games. And then he's like, okie doke, tried it out. Back to soccer. All the coaches, even the soccer coaches are like, no, dude, dude. Dude. And so they get him to be on wrestling again. He beats practically everybody. He This year, I think he was beaten by one person. And the reason he's so good is that he uses his soccer footwork in his wrestling, which no one else does. Uh, they call him the Beast from the East. Uh, he's got a, any college he wants to go to, he can do it. Aww, and that's uh, a good feel-good story. It is, and he says he wants to move back to Evanston someday because they gave him his chance and everything. So I just like that story. Aww. Yeah. That's nice. Thank you. That's I thought nice... I'd end on a nice note. We have a, an announcement to make, Kate. Uh, we were thinking for our 100th recording, which is coming up, yeah. we're going to do a live Oh yeah. A live stream. Thinking about it, yeah. Yeah. Facebook Live. Facebook Live. Instagram Live. Yep, yep. So if people are interested, let us know. Because if you're yeah. not interested, we're not going to do it. I don't know. It doesn't cost us anything. Does it? <laughs> I might do it anyway. <laughs> Surreptitiously, like under the table. You I don't mean, know I'm doing it. But I'm if like, people want to like voice their uh, you know, approval or yeah, disapproval, yeah, yeah. email us at fusekate at gmail.com and let us know if you would watch us. Because that would be cool. I agree. Yeah. Cool. So we'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. 100th episode. Excellent. Excellent. Can't believe we're almost at 100. I know, man. We're so old. Where did the time go? Ah. Uh, and on that note, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKateApe at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our fire-roasted Mickey is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.